Good afternoon and welcome to the Marcus Today members only exclusive podcast. My name is Henry Jennings. It is Monday the 17th of April and a good start to the week. And as always, though, remember, this is general advice only. So please do your own research. Contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas or insights. But we do have a positive start to the week. 22 points up 0.3 of a percent. Here we are at 12 o'clock, 73.84, 7,384. This comes on the back, despite the Dow falling on Friday, on the back of some comments from the Fed and some weaker than expected economic data. But the main thing on Friday, of course, was the US banks, uh, which put in a pretty good performance. You got the feeling that there was a few people short US banks. And as a result, uh, we did see a bit of a squeeze up on far better than expected U.S. banking results, and that has spilled over into our market today, and that is certainly where the strength is coming, uh, with the likes of CBA up 0.8, and ANZ, the best of the bunch at the moment, up 1.1%. Macquarie lagging a little bit, only up 0.6% of a percent today, but that is where the strength is today. We're also seeing strength across the board in the industrials, which is helping our market Uh, CSL up 0.6 and the REITs doing well with GMG up 1.1. So all in all, not a bad start to the week. It is a little bit quiet, I have to say. Still school holidays, obviously, uh, around. So that is uh, keeping some players on the sidelines. And of course, it is a big week this week uh, with US reporting season uh, really starting to get underway. We have 60 of the S&P 500 stocks reporting, including... Uh, We get Netflix on Tuesday, United Airlines as well, Morgan Stanley on Wednesday, American Express Thursday, Blackstone Thursday, and Procter & Gamble on Friday. So a slew of results coming out in the U.S., which will obviously have a sentiment bearing, if nothing else, on our market. But as I say, uh, not a bad performance today. Resources a little bit in the doldrums. We are seeing selling in gold on the back of the Gold bullion price coming off that all-time high or close to that all-time high. The likes of Newcrest down 2.4%, Northern Star down 3%. And we are seeing a little bit of a mixed picture in the lithium space. Liontown down 0.6%, Pilbara pretty much unchanged, Core Lithium up 0.6%. So we'll get on to the real winners and losers uh, today. But some of the big winners today, Lake Resources uh, today as well with a, uh, a deal on Karchi. And uh, Sayona also doing well. Lake up nearly 12%. Sayona up 7.7%. Ironia also having a good day up 4.2%. So a little bit uh, happening there in the large caps on the top. Uh, the gainers, at least on the uh, the naughty corner, those that are falling predominantly are gold stocks. Regis, Regis Resources, uh, the crashing, down 11.2%. We also have uh, New Hope down 9.2% today as well and on the back of an announcement there which has sent the shares falling. Uh, nothing very spectacular, it was just an update on buybacks but we have seen some numbers coming out of Newcastle on coal exports there uh, being a little bit suboptimal to say the least. The rest of the losers today predominantly as I say in the gold sector uh, where we are seeing most of the losses but that has been where we are seeing most of the profits. Uh, In other news today, just general market stuff, 
We have had Genesis Minerals back from uh, their suspension. Stock is up 10.5%. Uh, they have now agreed a new deal with St. Barbara. They are paying $600 million for Leonora's gold, well, the gold assets in Leonora, consolidating that region. Uh, the company Genesis also did a placement at uh, $1.15. Uh, $450 million capital raise, very well supported by its existing shareholders, including Unisuper, Kerry Stokes, and others. In fact, it was so well supported that only $50 million bucks worth of the stock was available for outsiders. So uh, a very, very strong support there for the new deal, which has seen Genesis up 10.5% there. It's a straight deal, uh, just paying cash St. Barbara. Uh, down at nearly 2% on the back of that deal. They will, of course, get the cash, which is greater than their market cap, but they still have the problems with their international division. The other news of the day is that EML Payments has seen the uh, CEO resign immediately, 13.9%. They're now looking at a strategic review of the business. Seems to be a never-ending strategic re- review of the business, but the company, through its advisors, Baron Joey, is now open to the possibility to selling parts of EML or even all of EML. So that is uh, really galvanising. We have seen some bid talk in the past for EML payments. Uh, the stock is up 13.9%. The other news of the day is that Virgin's IPO looks as if it has been pushed back again. Uh, There were meetings one-on-one with some cornerstone investors this week penciled in, but they have been rubbed out. So they have been cancelled and maybe that the uh, IPO will have to be rescheduled. So that is the other news of the day. There was a downgrade today in AMA. Not that that is very concerning for us, uh, but that uh, news sent those shares down nearly 30% today. So some big fallers and some uh, some nice winners today in the market uh, in the mid caps we have got um, a11 which is Atlantic lithium a11 up 21% so they're having a good day today in the Henry's take today the strategy hasn't changed for Marcus of course he has Mondays off uh, the strategy hasn't changed the banks doing well on the back of those US banks not spectacular. You can't draw too many conclusions from the U.S. banks. But what we are seeing in the U.S. banking circles is that the money uh, that was uh, on deposit with some of the smaller and regional banks is being withdrawn, not at alarming rates, but it is finding its way to bigger banks, safer banks, uh, more stable banks. And we certainly saw that in the results on Friday, and we will get more results this week as well, which I suspect will point to that and uh, that effect there. Not that you can draw too many conclusions to our banks because we have a very, very different sort of banking sector, something I talk about today in Henry's take, how much of a long bow you can draw between US banking profits and Australian banking profits, which are predominantly more building societies than banks, certainly as as far as risk-taking goes, very much Uh, averse to risk and we saw that during the GFC and it has been thus ever since they have paired their businesses back to basics uh, which is home lending so that is uh, a positive for us it is dull it is boring but it is very very profitable and we will see those bank results at the end of the uh, well the beginning of May 
and we will see those bank results once again showing huge cash profits for the three that we'll be reporting and we also get Macquarie and numbers out very shortly as well although given the uh, the inroads that some of the other players have made especially in the Australian market Baron Joey one of those in terms of advisory and the lack of M&A that we have seen here big M&A anyway big deals that Macquarie's been involved in uh, they may be a little bit light on in places so it'll be interesting to see how that one pans out. Looking at uh, my stuff today, just a little look at lithium. Again, uh, a price once again under pressure. But as I pointed out, um, you know, when you've got Arbomile that is happy to pay five and a half billion dollars at two dollars fifty for Liontown, if it is uh, going to uh, make a higher bid, of course, that is a possibility. But with that sort of cash being bandied around, and certainly there is optimism still within the industry despite the fact the lithium price in China is falling although it is a complicated thing the lithium price in China and I've pointed that out today in the newsletter uh, with the various different prices but lithium carbonate the big one that most people follow and certainly the market follows has been suffering and as a result we have seen um, lithium stock suffering this is a twin-edged sword of course and we have seen this in other metals other fevers other um, manias. We did see the uh, the white line fever in lithium, very much in evidence in 2022, but that has well and truly left the building. We've seen it before in infant formula. We've seen it in the dot-com boom, obviously. We've seen it in buy now, pay later. But what does tend to happen is the incumbents, the producers, the ones uh, that have the strength of balance sheet will survive. Some of the projects that people are touting will not get built. They will not get funded. They will not even get close to DFS. They will just be a twinkle in a mining executive's eye. And as a result, potentially that long-term supply will be affected. Also, of course, it will give focus to the existing players in terms of cost control, something we saw in the gold industry over a number of years when the gold price was very, very depressed. Uh, the companies had to focus very heavily on cost control, that discipline, something that I suspect may have eluded some of the lithium miners when the prices were so exaggerated they were just making money hand over fist. So maybe a little bit of cost discipline is a good thing for them. Also today in Henry's Take, just in case you haven't spotted it, it's Monday, so a bit of a US catch-up with the usual... Um, Fear and greed indicators both from the market and from crypto, both in greed territory. Interesting to see the VIX, though, still under some pressure. 17, given the risks out there, given the, the quandary the market is in about the future, rate rises, inflation, geopolitical risks, you name it, the risks are out there. Not even mentioning the fact that we are in a presidential uh, campaign, which is due to kick off for the 2024 uh, presidential election uh, late next year but of course now we're in the third year of the uh, the Biden administration which thankfully to Daryl has reminded me is a good year uh, for the market the average positive uh, return is around 18.9% uh, and 88.9% of the time uh, the market is uh, positive in the third year of the U.S. administration. So something interesting, and thanks to Daryl for pointing that out. But certainly, given the risks out there on the macro fund, it seems amazing that insurance through the VIX 
index, which does look at the cost of calls and puts on the indices, uh, is so cheap, 17 at the moment. So that is something to bear in mind. It probably won't stay that low for that long, but certainly it is uh, part and parcel at the moment. So something to bear in mind. So as I said earlier, as far as Marcus goes, the strategy with the uh, ETFs and the three banks that he holds in the ideas, nothing really has changed. The banks are uh, doing relatively well and holding the market up on the back of those U.S. banks. We have more U.S. banks to come this week. And of course, Macquarie in the single stock idea uh, up 0.7. Their results due soon as well. I'm on the call later this week on Wednesday. And luckily, I have the joy of having Andrew Weiland in person in the studio. The boy from Toowoomba is coming to Sydney, which is really exciting. And I think we're uh, going to pop out for a bite afterwards to celebrate because he doesn't leave Toowoomba very often. But a few stocks of interest that we will be looking at, including Pilbara, uh, Bowen Coal, 29M, 29 Medals, and the Long Short Fund, all of which I have had interest in. And Pilbara remains, for me, a very interesting stock given the valuation that we are seeing that Albemarle has placed on Liontown. Uh, we have Pilbara, which is a producer which has lots of cash uh, and is continuing to produce lots of cash at a valuation of less than half of the Liontown valuation, which is only a twinkle, although a slightly enlarged twinkle, in the, uh, the Liontown team's eyes. Interestingly today as well, just uh, to finish things off, I did put in a little, dia- little graphic, little diagram from Macquarie putting Kathleen Valley, which is the Liontown project, in perspective in terms of where it sits in terms of global lithium projects. The biggest and probably the best and much touted about is the AVZ project in the Democratic Republic of Congo. I'm not sure how democratic the Republic of Congo is. However, the big project there, which is Manona, is the uh, the world class and the biggest big circle in that graphic from Macquarie. Interestingly, Kathleen Valley, which of course is Liontown, is quite a big circle as well, especially in terms of grade and resource that is there. But one that does escape and one that doesn't get a lot of attention is Mount Holland, which of course is West Farmers. Have a look at the graphic in the newsletter today. Uh, I know it's probably a little bit small writing, but you'll get the idea. Uh, Manono is very much the biggest, followed by Greenbush in terms of grade and size. Uh, The Pilgarn, which is uh, from Pilbara, uh, good in terms of uh, size, not bad in terms of grade. But Kathleen Valley uh, stacks up pretty well, as does Mount Holland from West Farmers. Well, that's it from me. Thanks very much for listening. Marcus, of course, will be back again tomorrow with his usual members podcast. But in the meantime, have a great day and we'll talk to you again soon.